0: Present day, <laughs> present time.
1: <laughs>
0: welcome, everyone, to Pem, Pem Pals. Uh, this is Alex.
2: This is Blixa. Hey, and it's Ben.
0: Um, and today we're covering two layers of Serial Experiments Lane six and seven. And we have a fabulous returning guest who's talked to us about Neon Genesis before. Please welcome Alicia. Yay. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hey. <laughs> So uh, uh, I'm super excited about this. Every time we, every week that we come back to this, I just feel like I don't know where it's going to go because I feel like there should spend more time on a particular thing like the initial suicide or all these different things, but it just keeps going. A mile a minute, new concepts every episode. Uh, so I wanted to ask least, do you have any history with this show? Have you seen it before?
3: Um, I mean, one or 200 times. <laughs>
0: Okay, a bit of an expert, that's awesome. Did you do any watching in preparation for this? Are you watching it pretty fresh with us today? I
3: mean, I watched it about two months ago for I think the 203rd oh, time, wow. um, but I did uh, just go over and take some notes just on the sequence of events for uh, layer six and layer seven, kids and society, um, just so it would be fresh in my mind exactly what order happens in I mean, because it's a blur, like you said, you know, they're a mile a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to be 100% clear on what happens when. I mean, although when we get to one of these two, it starts to become apparent. It doesn't really matter when anything happens. <laughs> Whoa! <Okay. laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. Seven. Well, that sounds interesting. Seven. There's a
1: lot going on in Seven. But so, so when you're watching it for the 200th time, I'm just curious, was that um, when we had reached out to you about doing this or was this just kind of randomly on your own you were re-watching it
3: i think the first time i saw the series was um on recommendation from a suncoast video employee at a shopping mall in 2001 oh my god suncoast video Mm -hmm. my first viewing of the show was one collected volume of three episodes at a time Um, over the course of several months uh, on VHS.
2: Love VHS. Yeah, I didn't see that at Suncoast. I think I saw it at Starland video. Uh, I remember Starland. You know,
0: Starland still exists. What? Um, They have a warehouse space out in Chantilly, and you can order stuff from them online. They have a big online presence, but they're still a pretty good uh, used game store.
2: Oh, shit. I'd like to check that out.
1: I think that was one of the places you could go get your uh, PlayStation modded so you could play like pirated games and stuff.
3: Speaking of which, I don't know if any of you are familiar with the PlayStation 1 Serial Experiments uh, Lane game. It was never regionalized. It's only available in Japanese and uh, okay. like there are no, you know, online pirates of it that I'm aware of. But you can see that in its entirety on YouTube.
0: Oh, whoa. Like is someone does a long play
3: of it. They do. Yeah. It's, it's mostly a puzzle game yeah. with cinematics interspersed of a completely different alternate plot. Oh,
2: that's what I heard. Yeah. We should um, probably check this, go but, ahead. but I think there is, like,
1: a fan sub now that you can kind of play through, like, a web emulator thing.
0: Oh, nice. I would love to link to that somewhere on I remember the show.
1: trying to do it a That's little cool. bit, but it's, like, um, I don't know, it's, like, very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the show. It's, like, menus inside menus inside menus.
2: <laughs> Does anybody know, like, the tradition to this? Like, that, that was also the case with Evangelion.
0: Yeah, there was a PS2 game for Evangelion and an N64 game for Evangelion.
2: That that seems strange to me, like that the, the storyline would deviate from... Like no, the, the, not the, for
0: Evangelion.
2: Right, right, right. Every right. new
0: iteration of it, the storyline deviates, right?
2: But in the industry, like here hmm. we have Serial Experiments Lane doing the same thing.
1: Sure. I mean, But I feel like you see that a lot with like the manga versus the anime or something like that, that it'll be sort of like these slightly different takes on the same story, but they don't completely lineup Mm -hmm.
2: I don't know I guess that's just my modern viewpoint like I remember playing the video game versions of like like the King Kong movie and like the storyline was like just like the movie that kind of deviation it seemed out of the norm to me
0: oh I mean maybe it's a western eastern market thing maybe like an eastern market like Japanese market would not be confused by those little changes but Americans would be like that will confuse them they are dumb
2: I'm so confused Did I derail us? What were we talking about? Uh, We're talking about Serial Experiments Lane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like on Evangelion again.
0: Uh, We're going to watch Layer 6 and discuss, then we're going to watch Layer 7 and discuss, uh, and if we don't have anything else before that, I can do my last time on, and we can get to watch it.
2: Sounds good. All right.
0: Last time on The Surreal Lane, an online game called Phantoma got its code entwined with a tag game for kids, seemingly causing the wire to intersect with the real world. Several players turned up dead, leading to further rumors of suicide. Lane investigated the game and found ties to our favorite esoteric order, the Knights. She also had a run-in with our second mysterious group, as the men in black continued to keep tabs on her. Manifesting her first psychic power, Lane screamed through her window and pride an agent's sweet cyclops glasses. On the streets of the city, Lane's sister Mika sees Lane in a calamitous crosswalk, cutting it close to the cars. Uh, but this was only a misdirection, as Mika was marked by a malevolent miscreant, maybe even drugging her in the process. As Lane explored the wired and her burgeoning powers further, Mika was mired in madness and mentally marred by some mysterious milk. Lane spoke to her father about God as he appeared as a floating phantom, while Mika met a mirror of herself who seemingly took over her life. Will our original Mika ever return? Has Lane lost all links to her life at home? Are the knights and the men in black at odds? Let's find out.
1: All right, Severin got it's, it pulled up. Uh, I'm yeah. looking at a greenish.
3: Street scene. Yeah, always
2: yep. the start.
1: All right. Uh three,
2: two, one, play. Damn. This is like neo shit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> this comes out a year before the Matrix. Yeah, I hear that's uh lifted a fair amount of stuff from it, even though I mean it's it's got nothing in common. Some of the concepts um had their genesis mm-hmm. in this program.
0: Yeah, I know the Wachowskis are, they're very good at being influenced by good ideas.
1: So, yeah, I wonder how long The Matrix was in production. Okay. So they blew up her computer.
3: Yeah, the Knights did, not them. According to them. Right. She she had a reason to assume that they were the Knights, but they're not.
0: Yeah, we know nothing about the Men in Black and next to nothing about the Knights, so. Well, that's an acceleration. Now we've got what we had talked about in earlier episodes now we have our layers now she's doing it she's like astral projecting herself into the internet not just like with her mind obviously she has this like really advanced rig and she's doing cyberpunk sci-fi things with it but like that's how she's experiencing the internet is like walking through it as her own avatar
3: well i mean i think it has a lot to do with when Chisa came back from the dead and in the very first episode. The uh, the real world and The Wired are becoming intertangled. The barrier between them is dropping. Mm. So I think that's the central mystery we need to get to the middle of right now. Mm-hmm.
2: We're six episodes into this, and I still don't know where this show's going.
3: I don't think we will until
0: the
2: end. Yeah.
3: Why do you guys think I've watched it hundreds of times?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know the anime reviewers on youtube they're like serial experiments lane is impenetrable Mm -hmm. i figured like well you know these critics they're just like in their 20s (laughs) Um, but i i'm kind of lost i felt like by episode six i should have a pretty good beat on things
3: it's kind of designed so it's not like that
2: i mean yeah i think it just keeps throwing curveballs
1: at you the entire time like the one constant is just that there's going to be like something new each episode where you're like, what is going on right now?
3: I will tell you, it gives you a fairly precise version of the overall plot, which is, um, you know, maybe a little mind blowing. Um, But like a lot of the specifics, they keep very vague. And I think there's sort of a, a reason for that, you know, there's the, to, to to kind of engage you and make you think about it. Mm. -hmm.
0: You know, they do talk about some specific things, but they leave a lot of the, um, the technology talk vague too because like, they don't really want you to focus on the nuts and bolts, they want to fo- you to focus on the concepts of the internet and interacting online and how they're, you know, they're changing very rapidly. Yeah, and they're changing us.
3: It does have some techno babble, like Star Trek, like when, when Professor Hodgson says, oh, we convert the psi into electromagnetic waves, <laughs> that we convert into pure energy that affects a specific <laughs> part of the brain. It's like, nothing about that is real. Yeah. That doesn't work, you know? <laughs>
0: Sounds like some Nazi pseudoscience. And he does remind me of a a Nazi scientist. Oh, so let's
2: let's let's pause on that for a second. Um, I don't know a lot about MKUltra. I do know that I think they were like a Nazi scientist. Uh, Gottlieb, Sidney Gottlieb. I think he's just American, but he smells like a Nazi. He uh, died peacefully in Culpeper just a a few miles down the road. Mm. I've passed by his house a few times.
3: All that we know for sure is it's been declassified, and and that shit really did happen on some level. I've mm-hmm. read up a lot on it. Doesn't really touch on this much. What they do talk about is the MJ12 documents about the Roswell crash. That's briefly touched on in this program.
2: That's my jam.
3: Yeah, we started getting some like conspiracy kind of stuff. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there's already Men in Black, so
2: we got a lot to talk about. i haven't
3: stopped talking about this show for 20 years so so, so i guess this episode
1: starts with one of (laughs) those um disembodied voice quote things um sort of about it's like almost frustrating and so it's like already a disembodied voice saying mysterious sounding stuff but then it cuts itself off like halfway through so it's like
0: if people can connect
1: to one another even the smallest of voices will grow loud if people can connect to one another even their lives will become longer So, We start with that, then we get to Lane with her kind of like increasingly intense computer setup. Now there's this like liquid all over the floor, like these sort of like steampunk looking machines and gauges and all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, the dad tries to speak to her, but she's like fully immersed in some like internet thing that that sort of looks like those places where we were getting texts earlier on. And it was sort of like two people sending messages back and forth. But now Lane's just kind of floating in there and talking and and hearing voices that we Mm -hmm. don't get to hear exactly what they're saying to her. Um, And then at the end of that sequence, we sort of learn that they're like the Mm -hmm. knights and that she's like friends with these knights now online.
0: Yeah. So we start the episode with her being like, oh, the Knights are my best online friends. And then we end it with maybe not because we are we can't be sure of anyone's allegiance yet. Yeah. But she goes from the house and she then she walks to the neighborhood and she sees this kid. Right. And the kid, that's the first time we see the praise the sun pose, you know, arms up at like 45 degree angles mm-hmm. and uh, uh, face up, upturned, upturned towards the clouds. We assume he's looking at this uh, cross, right? It's like, it's an X of the power lines. And it's like, I don't know, an intersection, but may- maybe that's a like major emergent theme here is the intersectionality between, or the intersection between the internet and the real world. But he disappears too. So like, is he just another vision along the way? Or, cause we've had a lot of people who Lane sees and then they're gone the next frame.
3: You know, one of my impressions about the show is that it it doesn't lean too much into symbolism so much as it's um, an exercise in intellectual overanalysis. analysis mm-hmm. There's less metaphor, and it seems like a lot of what they say is just on the surface. But, you know, like that review that you read, somewhat impenetrable, unless you really dedicate the time to it, like almost like almost like how a lot of David Lynch's stuff is right on the surface, less than metaphor, but you just have to take it literally.
0: Yeah, and it's more about vibes than, like, how it makes you feel than any logical
2: sense. It
3: is really about that, yeah.
2: I'm uh, hanging on by my fingernails. <laughs> so the, the kids, they saw the vision in the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people saw that.
3: Her friends even saw it, yeah.
2: Okay, so... Is there a breakdown happening between reality and this, like, yeah. cyber dimension?
3: Reality and the wired, yeah. Okay. They they say a couple times, frequently coming up, I think, in society, uh, it's mentioned a few more times, that the barriers between the wired and the real world are breaking down.
1: Yeah, but but it seems like, you know, all these kids are noticing it, and then, you know, the little later on, the teenagers are noticing it, but it seems like the adults aren't really noticing it.
3: Maybe that isn't an accident. I never thought about that because there's the kids experiment with the first person shooter and they're killing each other mm-hmm. and the Excel it with the shooting. Yeah. And then the kids notice it first. That's interesting. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah. And there's this, um, I don't know if any of you read this uh, classic sci-fi book, Childhood's End. It's kind of about like an apotheosis of humanity. Yeah. Like humanity kind of evolves beyond its physical form and becomes this gestalt, you know, psychic entity, kind of like instrumentality. And, and it starts with the children, the younger the child, the more si- receptive they are to this new uh, thing. And there are you know, this is written a long time before the Internet was uh, at least like a fever dream. But like it, it is interesting that, you know, younger people adapt to technologies faster because they've been growing up with it. You know, our, our brains are more pliable.
3: I have never considered it in that context. And actually in the next episode, there's a really interesting sequence that might vaguely play into that theory.
1: So, so I guess when, when Lane goes into school, we get a theme that we've, I think talked about in previous episodes a little bit, which is sort of like, does the internet connect us to people or pull us away from people? And, you know, sort of friends are being like, Hey, you're, you're kind of like back in your shell lane. Um, And she's like, Oh, well, you know, like, it's not fun to be all by yourself all the time. And she's like, well, I'm not by myself. I have I have my new friends who I guess are the knights, these people that she's talking to on the internet. And I think someone explicitly says like, well, you know, like your internet friends, they're not like real friends. But then someone else is like, well, that's an old fashioned way of thinking. Like, who knows? So so feels like the show is very up in the air about that question, at least as of episode six.
2: <laughs> Alicia, can you tell why that might hit me differently?
3: Because you're online a lot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You found lots of camaraderie through the interwebs. Yeah. I don't want to derail us too much, but like coming out as trans, it's like really difficult to find like other trans people to connect with in real life, well, but really, really easy online. Sure. And then like, if you're a minority, you tend to want to connect quickly and deeply because it is a thing, you know, you meet people online, you become friends, you feel really close, but you haven't met in real life.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a certain weight or gravity to the things you say that may not, you know, in a, in another, on the other hand, they seem very pure, not weighed down by day to day concerns. But again, like, how much do you know someone if you don't deal with them on a day to day basis or like if you don't have to deal with the reality, the weight of their life? Does that make sense?
3: No, Blake has to deal with the weight of my life. Pretty (laughs) We we do a lot of video chats and stuff, you know, (laughs) we're not strangers.
1: You know, and it's probably not uh, perfectly analogous, but Lane does seem to be this person that has trouble connecting with these girls at school. She's sort of like a loner. But then, you know, for whatever reason on the Internet, she's like connected with all these people really fast. And
3: well, I mean, that was something that people like kind of knew about the Internet, like Mm -hmm. all these years ago. I mean, like. Kids these days don't remember there was an internet 20 years ago. We were talking about dial-up sound and shit like that, you know. I remember getting on AOL and hearing that modem noise and listening to the Death Rock station. And it's like early MySpace and shit. Everyone could customize their page with their little HTML and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the period that this kind of came out in, you know. Japan was a bit ahead of the curve with like yeah. social media and whatnot back then, you know. I always think it's incredibly prescient that the show begins with like present day, present Present time, time. yeah episode, because it just becomes more real every fucking day for 20 years. You know, I mean, it was relatable back then, you know, like a lot of us were connecting with people and and visiting each other all over the country back then. But now it's just been fully integrated into society to the extent of the show. And it's kind of fucking mind blowing.
0: Yeah. And Ben, that's a great thing to focus in on in this episode because originally it seemed like lane like you said had gotten over some of her like social fears maybe by getting advice off of the wire but then you start to ask yourself well these people i'm getting advice for Mm -hmm. do i just connect to them better than the people i'm trying to connect with in in the physical world
3: i think it's a little bit more interesting than that because it it definitely explores how like you were talking about, could you trust these people? People misrepresent themselves mm. you know, on the internet and uh, Lane is a completely different person in the mm. wired than she is in reality. They've already kind of hinted at the fact there might be multiple lanes or she doesn't know what she's doing or there might be alters or something. And that's definitely something you have to worry about with like, real, you know, social media or internet experience, like even as long ago as this came out, but that's something they're going to keep exploring.
1: Yeah. And also these, these like rumors spreading about her. So it's like, you're not sure even how much is like how she represents herself online or how much she's sort of like become this, you know, I guess now we say like the main character on Twitter or something like that, but she's this become this internet famous person that like people are. Saying all this stuff about her that like may or may not be true. So, so after she sees the the Sky Lane that all these children are are praising, to to my mind, she looks like she's like angry or something like that, right? Yeah. And then when she gets back home, we see kind of like her her sister zonked out in front of the TV, talking monotone like the mom now. And uh, can I just
2: make one last comment about what we were talking about earlier? Yeah, and then we'll get to this internet part. Yeah. There's an aspect of Lane that these people online like do know of her that others in real life don't. Yes. And then the question is like, who knows the real Lane? Is it both or neither?
0: Well, what is the real Lane? Is it the person that's being expressed online or is it the corporeal form?
3: You have to realize that she as a character is going through that struggle with us. She doesn't know either. Yeah. you know this okay. is a mystery she's unraveling and it's incredibly disturbing if the mystery is yourself you know yes.
2: so it's something I relate to because like in real life I'm mostly hanging out with cis people and there's a significant part of who I am in my experience that I withhold from those interactions and I have those interactions online but those online relationships they're not a part of my day-to-day they don't see like the shit that irritates me and like my rough edges
0: yeah, exactly. That's what I was talking about for the, like the gravity of your life.
1: Yeah. Or, or like you, you can have like the safety to mm-hmm. express parts of yourself that maybe are hard to do you know, in real life. But then at the same time, you like lose out on certain cues, right? Or certain, you know, like all that, like nonverbal communication and stuff is hard to get across. And I don't know, depends how good of a writer, I guess, you are <laughs> with how much you can sort of convey some of that stuff online.
0: Yeah, for some people, it's easier to not have that nonverbal communication, right?
1: Yeah, and I, I just said writer, and then I kind of caught myself. I'm thinking in terms of like the old internet when everything was just written, right? But then now it's even, you know, that line is getting more blur- more blurred by stuff like this, mm-hmm. where we're all video chatting online, right? And it's in some ways a lot closer to real life. Yes. Um,
2: memes, we communicate with memes too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They weren't prescient about that, yeah.
0: Okay, so Lane's like, I'm going to figure some stuff out. I'm really angry. She gets on the internet, kind of astral projects herself in, and now she encounters this floating mouth, which she called the Cheshire Cat wannabe or lookalike or something. Poser. Oh, poser, yes. Oh, a very 90s term.
3: What? Like, everyone I know still calls people posers in real really? life. i <laughs> never oh, that word super forever. fucking old.
2: You have a more interesting life than I do.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's a '80s and '90s word because I feel like it's uh, it's heavily associated with the punk scene. I guess any. (gasps)
2: Okay, well, the listening audience doesn't know because we're not on video here. Alicia is punk as fuck.
0: Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she gets past this Cheshire cat mouth, or it leads her to um, not just the story she's looking for, I guess, about kids. uh, about this like weird tag game that's intersecting with the horror game mm. but uh uh it leads her to this scientist who she describes as a child killing scientist so i guess this guy's like super famous she's heard of him before she's ever like mm-hmm. introduced to him online
3: actually i think she was just doing the research um one thing we didn't get to touch on is at the very beginning of the episode when she's talking to the knights look at the screen Nappy. you can see the prominent word coma for a half second so well, he knew that he was in a coma.
2: Interesting. Mm. Oh, shit.
0: So he's in a coma, but he's able to do something with the internet.
3: Or
1: at least Lane can somehow communicate with him.
3: I always thought that, yeah. I think the internet bleeds into his subconscious, and she can contact him psychically through the internet. Okay. And
1: we, we've kind of seen her, like, she talked to that guy at the um, Siberia club, the DJ, to ask him a question. So we do know that... She's somehow capable of going into the real world or talking to people in the real world anyway. Okay.
0: So telepathy and also telekinesis. She shattered that guy's uh uh
2: the eyepiece.
0: Eyepiece, yeah. I'm just counting off the power she's manifesting.
2: But she can see the, the phantom images. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so we learn
1: according to this scientist that he says all children possess this small amount of psychic ability. So he says, you know, it's not capable of full ESP, but, you know, you might be able to intuit something very well or, you know, bend a coin, I think is the example he gives. Mm. But I guess his experiment was, you know, what if we could find a way to hook all of these kids up together and like harness their, their psychic powers combined. Mm. But that ended up in an explosion that... um you know, seems to have killed all of these kids, which is, I guess, why Lane refers to him as the the child-killing scientist. Oh, okay.
0: So that relates back to the quote we start the episode with, right? If people can connect to one another, even their lives will get longer. Now we're talking about literally connecting these kids, but it did not do that.
1: Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, and thought about that. Like, so maybe right. that was sort of the thing that went into this sacked all the kids together. That Somehow that would- improve things, but it made things much worse. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So we keep getting these like dualities of outcome, these things that are like, well, it should make your lives longer, but it could kill everybody. Uh, It should make you more popular with your friends, but you might not want to hang out with them
1: anymore. Well, and and then we we find out that I guess, you know, he, so he scrapped the project, right? Mm -hmm. Somehow he thought he had destroyed all the data, but some, some would put it online. um, And now it's out there for everyone in the world to do whatever they want with it, which, you know, it does sort of remind me of like, you know, the anarchist cookbook and stuff like that, that like, you know, the internet mm. was this place mm-hmm. you could, you know, learn how to make a bomb or, you know, read these things that like, they would not print in a newspaper or print in books, because they're afraid of what people would do with that information. Um, but the internet has freed up a lot of that stuff.
0: Yeah. And they, you know, where they say, like, once it's on the internet, that's it, it's out there. Like, you can try to stamp it down or put it behind a paywall, but, like, it's gonna be there. Uh, So, she ends her conversation with this guy. He dies, right? Uh, And this scene... I feel like I've seen this scene before. Like I have definitely seen this scene before. Like it happens in Bloodborne. There's a part where you come out this door and there's a lunarium, an outside room. And this old man is just staring up at the moon. It's essentially the same thing, except this old man is staring up at what seems to be a setting sun, which is appropriate for what's going to happen. And he just fades away, which we assume like He's kind of connected with someone for the last time. Lane has brought this out of him, gotten the information that she needs, and now he is kind of free to move on, maybe. But, anyways, uh, uh, she comes out of this uh, uh, with this really fascinating uh, vision where she's on this cross, she's on this white X like symbolizing the crossroads or maybe like a Christ thing that's happening. I'm not sure, but we did just see this divine image of her in the cloud. So, you know, maybe not far off base.
3: You know, you guys listening to you like theorize about it is really reminding me of what engaged me in the show all those years ago, you know, cause mm-hmm. I wait to fucking try and, figure out what was happening, you know, to, to form an opinion. And it just like hooks you from one episode to the next it's fucking, (laughs) but I mean, it is called serial experiments. It's like experiment with a serialized format and Jesus Christ, they fucking nailed it. Yeah.
0: I feel like a lot of, especially early internet discussion of things. Well, not, not just early internet discussion. It's still a big thing now, but like people do lore hunting and stuff and some people treat it like we need to find the right answer. And I think oftentimes that's missing the point like the point is to have a discussion with people the point is to explore it yourself whatever answers you come to that's yeah. what resonated to you and 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 i think that this show is is really playing into that with the vagueness and the vibes but uh uh lane has the, the last scene is this one in the uh lane's house again right her machinery is like seems like it's working overtime uh uh the men in black are outside again and they're looking inside and it looks like they're manipulating her coolant gauge to go into the red. It just seemed like everything was working overtime and uh, uh, maybe the coolant wasn't working because, yeah, everything was like... (sighs) But she goes out front to uh, confront them and then her room explodes and she's like, well, obviously you two did that. And they're like, are you sure? Because we think the knights did it and we think we just saved you by telling you to duck.
1: And so she thinks that they might be the knights... But it is this sort of interesting change that at the beginning of the episode, she was like all chatting with the knights and, you know, like best friends with them. And now by the end of this episode, so so I don't know if she thinks they're behind the thing of like her image being up there in the sky and she's like not happy about that. And so she's sort of like taking a turn against them or like distrusting them now. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, we have this this weird explosion. So um, I guess the last episode ended with her blowing something up. And now we have her room blowing up.
2: Yeah. So is that the end of her like computer system?
1: I think we might have to go on to the next episode and see. (laughs) Okay.
3: Yeah. How did she afford all that shit in the first place?
1: Her dad
0: has a really nice job. And then I think she starts getting it gifted to her.
3: Yeah, I think she became so integrated in the Internet and they do have references to it. I think she's blackmailing people. She's getting involved in transactions. She's offering her. I mean, they, they do give hints to the fact that her online use is funding itself. You know, she's learning how to use the system and she can build whatever the fuck she wants.
2: Yeah, that w- it was a little vague to me, but that's what I suspected with like the special chip she got. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but was it gifted to her the Pashia
0: processor?
2: Yeah, that was gifted to her, but it seemed like the power of it she would be able to leverage it. And you know, like my mind immediately went to like dark web shit, but I don't think that was like a thing in these days.
3: I think back in those days there were several like proto dark webs happening. You know, just like okay. hackers and the connectivity we had back then. I mean, that was part of the like inspiration for the show, you know, this, this immersion technology, but it's just crazy that it almost predicted like exactly how all this Mm -hmm. would
2: go. I'm trying to remember that era. Like I do remember I had some clever hacker friends that were able to get movies weeks and weeks before they were released. And I don't know how they fucking did that. I feel like, I think, I feel like somebody had like Phantom Menace like months before it came out.
3: I'm sorry, <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right. Well, I do think we need to get to the next one.
0: God, the show's so
1: good, Ben. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. yeah, it's it's fucking weird. and uh, i I am curious because it's even in I've watched it multiple times, so I've mm-hmm. never really tried to see if it all kind of makes sense. Um, so I'm curious to see if mm-hmm. we kind of come to some consensus that there's one true reading, but I w- I would say no matter what, I'm pretty sure, like, it, I don't think it's going to be sort of like a lost sort of thing where like, you know, if they don't tie it all up super neatly, then you're just kind of like, what was all this? Like, yes, you, <laughs> you put me through. I think you just have to sort of like embrace the, embrace the weirdness and roll with it.
0: Good advice. You know, half of enjoying any experience is setting your expectations. Anyways, okay, so uh, let's get this uh, watching. All
1: right. Three, two, one, play. What the fuck is going on? So I think that's the explosion. I swear we saw the window explode in the last episode.
0: We did. These repairmen work quick.
1: But but now there's like a hole in the wall with a bunch of wires hanging out.
0: Yeah. Maybe she just doesn't have enough room in her room
3: anymore. <laughs> she just started shoving cables out the hole. Why not? Good use of space, you know.
1: So to answer your question, Blix, uh, evidently her computers are fine, or she's replaced them all.
0: So this is the first time we don't get a mysterious phrase at the beginning, I think?
1: Or, I was wrong about that. There was one at the beginning, so I, I just missed it, I think.
2: Well, I missed it, too. Let's figure out what it was. <laughs> That's gonna clear up everything. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Who killed the guy? Did Lane kill him? No, it was the Knights. It showed the Knights. It showed the Knights and then it showed him dead. And they're the last thing he sees. Those three people had introduced the um executive and the housewife and the incel, pardon my French. Um, those three, they're the knights.
0: Oh, okay. The 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 larger guy, the kind of a taku looking guy. Okay, cool, cool, cool. But
2: but the mm-hmm. street guy. Wanted to join the Knights, right? Yeah. And they killed him? Yeah. Did they kill him or is he like in in the cyber world? Mm.
3: He did it because he wasn't cool enough. He thought he had it figured it out with his like whole like mobile setup and shit, but he was kind of like a babe in the woods. They didn't need him. They didn't want him. He was just kind of like a weirdo. I think he was being vulgar for he was very vulgar. He was
0: putting it all out there. Oh. And, and they're like, no, 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 no. You don't do that. You look like a normal person. You have another job. You have to keep this secret.
1: Ooh, but also, he was, like, talking all this yeah. smack. Like, he's the one who's figured out how to join the real world and the internet by making his mobile thing. Whereas mm-hmm. Lane is the actual one. who's figured out how to, like, cross between the two worlds. It's almost like he's, like, a false prophet or something like that.
0: Oh... Well, and now it
2: leans it was a poser. Evidence- was a poser? What did you say? It was a poser.
0: He's <laughs> a poser? Well, it leans some evidence towards maybe it was the knights trying to kill her because they just killed this guy, presumably. So maybe it was them hmm. that uh tried to overload her uh uh thing. But they the the one who describes her as the one, which like You know, in a post-Matrix society, like that phrase is always going to have this resonance of like, oh, you're like the focal point or the Christ figure or the something. Um, Okay, so, yes, you're right, Ben. There was a mysterious phrase at the beginning. It's Lane talking to us and she says,
1: just between you and me, let me tell you what's happening, what's beginning to take place in our society without you ever being even vaguely conscious of it.
0: And that's why when we we're in when the episode was starting, I was saying like how bizarre it would be to not have access to the internet, but see mm-hmm. the world changing around you, like based off of internet technologies and internet culture, like how strange that would be.
2: So is that like her prophecy or something?
0: Well, the last episode, the uh, uh, layer five, I think, was the all about prophecy. prophecy. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Well, so, so Lane's computer stuff seems intact, or she's fixed it anyways. And now, like, yeah. we think that is expanded beyond the room. She needs extra space, so she's dangling some of her cords out, a hole in her wall. And then we have the guy that we were just talking about with this sort of, like, augmented reality headset where, or at least it's sort of like he's overlaying a computer screen on top of sort of, like, a pixelated weird rendition of what he would be seeing
0: yeah and love this choice to use like they did a bunch of stuff to it but it's not Mm -hmm. animation right it that's real world photography that they've run through a bunch of filters and they're using that Instead of animating these street scenes, which is a wonderful, you know, art magic effect of again crossing those boundaries. Yeah,
1: and, and we we've had some cool animation earlier in this with the sort of 3D maze stuff getting mixed in with animation. But it does remind me a little bit of um, Evangelion did that, right? With some photography. <laughs> towards the end of the series. And so maybe just a general thing that animators were interested in doing and sort of this period of anime is playing with this digital stuff and ways of combining animation with drawn animation with other types of animation.
0: Yeah. And I wonder how that was like accepted in the anime community at large or Japanese community uh, uh, at that time. Uh, We have examples of similar things in like 80s animation in America with like, there was a low budget thing you could do by getting the negatives of something and just kind of sell animating on those. And it would give you this weird effect, but it, it definitely didn't look good like your other animation. Uh generally looked down on because it was, you know, super cheap to do.
1: Yeah. Are you talking about like this, like Lord of the Rings?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly who I'm thinking of. Uh, Ralph Bakshi did a bunch of that stuff
2: Rotoscoping?
0: Uh, oh, uh, uh, it's like the opposite of rotoscoping. Well, sort of. Like, so instead of uh, uh, animating over the scenes and then just using that animation, it's predominantly used. He used it in um, Wizards. They actually just take these negative scenes of like battles or hordes or something like that. And by using the negative, it loses a lot of its detail. And it looks yeah. kind of animated.
1: And I think like they turn the, con- essentially it's like if you turn the contrast up really high, so you sort of lose all of the gray scale and you just get like black and white. And then, you know, I think they did stuff too where then the white would be like colored red or purple and sort of this trippy. Yeah. It's like animated, but I don't know, almost like a Photoshop filter or something like that.
2: Yes. Mm.
1: Well, so so we have this AR guy. Um, I guess we sort of discussed that. Like, there there's a lot of little scenes in this episode, um, so it's a little hard to talk about in this format. But we go from the guy in the street to this sort of like businessman and like maybe his secretary or something like that. Who he, he's sort of ogling, and then when she leaves the room, we find out that he's a, a knight, or at least has gotten this message from the knights.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Then and similarly, then we get this, I guess we'll go a little bit out of order, but there's two more scenes like that in this. So we have yeah. this messy apartment with this slob who's sort of this cocky hacker group. Um, and then later on, we have this scene with the housewife and this delivery guy. And, you know, I think this was sort of supposed to subvert our expectations that, you know, this, this housewife, hot housewife with her little son, she's one of the knights. So kind of like- you know, people aren't always how they seem in real life on the internet. They can have these other lives where maybe they're uh, super important or whatever.
0: Yeah. And it worked on me. I w- or I was suspicious of the delivery guy because I was like, oh, I've seen him before and I didn't suspect her <laughs> at all.
2: There we go. Oh, right, right,
0: right. Uh, but, but, but right after um, we see that first man who's going to show up in our, our AR guy's vision later, um we get a short scene a really touching little scene with uh, alice and lane maybe like on top of the what do you call it the the school, the school? yeah it's, it's on a rooftop and it's just like alice being concerned for her being like hey i'm your friend you seem to be you know just kind of cutting yourself off from us again and... the
3: real world out there isn't
2: actually real at all lane are you okay
3: huh why do you ask Lately, it seems you've been slipping away again.
0: You know, I I just want to say I don't want that to happen. And, like, I want to be your friend. So, you know, if that's something you want, then I'll put up the effort if you will.
1: And she's sort of coming at it from this angle of, like, I hope we didn't offend you. Like, we were just trying to, like, include you. And, like, I don't know if we did something wrong. It is a very um, sort of sweet scene. And uh, Lane seems like she's having, like, a breakdown or something. She's like...
0: Yeah, because like lane is losing all of her ties to the physical world like her parents we don't know what to think about them right now especially after the questions that she gets asked at the end of this episode her sister we saw switch bodies or minds or something but alice may be like her last link to humanity her last thing keeping her from being terminally online and and we get that with this like i yeah. said it was like a touching grass moment where Alice just like holds Lane's hand for a second, and it's so simple and sweet and quiet. And I don't think we have any of that. You know, we get a lot of that ever-present sixty uh, hertz background hum, but I don't think there's anything there. But I-, I just think that's that was a very effective scene. Do
1: Do any of you guys get a little bit of a feel in that moment that like uh, maybe this like a little lesbian like love moment or something or definitely could be. I get the vibe where I'm like, is that what's going on here? Like, are they sort of like trying to play with that, or like I couldn't tell if I was like reading into it.
2: Hard to say because it's ninety eight, right? If they were gonna hint at that stuff, I seem seems like it would have been pretty coded.
1: But, I mean, so is this their coded way of doing it? I guess, right? We get this like brief hand holding thing, and then Lane sort of lights up, and
0: yeah, and then we get this line which is sweet to us. That's what friends are for. And Lane really feels that, but maybe that yeah. would be the deception. You know, it's like, oh, they're holding hands. Maybe they're romantically, but the authors know that they can't do that in, on Japanese television yet.
1: Yeah. And maybe I'm sexualizing a thing that doesn't need to be, or romanticizing. And it's just like, sure. oh, this like moment of human connection is like very important to Lane. Cause it's something, you know, she's not getting from her family or kind of like, and these other things in life, right? And, and it's kind of highlighting the difference between that in-person was sort of like the extreme version of the like in-person connection, like literally physical touch connection versus like online connection.
0: Yes. A- and and you may be right. It may be sexualizing something that doesn't need to be, but we have had several instances of men being attracted to Lane and commenting on it and her not reciprocating mm-hmm. at all
2: like the club kid
0: yeah and again it could be two reasons maybe she's not into them maybe she she just doesn't express emotions that way you know she she isn't easily readable but i think that could be the cover oh uh, i mean because this show is definitely looking into the future sorry go ahead
1: um well I, so i guess just to kind of like keep going um because we're near the end of our time mm-hmm. She goes back home, sees the men in black. Uh, they tell her to to come with them. Um, and our kind of ad break cliffhanger is there. And then we see that she has decided to come with them. And they sort of drop her off at this weird building. They bring her to this, it's like an almost empty room with this guy sitting in a chair, looking at stuff on the floor. And I guess maybe this was just the way you like fix computers back in the day. And I would sort of forgotten it, but, you know, it's like, the computer towers down sideways and uh, he's sort of staring down at this stuff, talking about how old he is and his old machine and how he can't connect to the internet anymore. But kind of Lane can instantly figure out what the problem is and get it going. And it, it's sort of maybe a little bit of that theme we talked about in the last episode of kind of kids versus adults and kind of their ability to figure out technology, figure out the internet.
0: Yeah. It, and it was a really bizarre scene, right? Because this guy's in charge of these like technophile and in black with their goggles, but he's having trouble with getting online essentially. And they watch her very closely as she's fixing the computer for him. So I wonder if that was kind of a test.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense because it is like a weird setup. And then clearly by the end of the conversation, the guy has this other agenda, right? You know, he didn't bring her out there to fix his computer. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Um, And something that's interesting is when it starts up, it like logs her in right away. So I did wonder a little bit is like, oh, was this like a trap to like, get her logged into the computer? Like, have they sort of, like, infiltrated her setup now or, like, gotten access to her data or something? Oh. But kind of immediately what pops up is uh, that AR guy's stream, and, you know, he's saying, like, oh, you're a knight, aren't you, to Lane. At first it feels like, oh, maybe he's revealing... That Lane is a knight, but then it's sort of clear maybe more he's guessing or something like that. So so we're still not completely sure. Yeah. So the AR guy, we see him walking and he sees the three people that we've seen earlier in the episode, right? So he sees the we see the close-up of the housewife, but then we see sort of the silhouette of a guy who seems to be that businessman and a silhouette of the kind of fat slobby hacker guy. And uh, he he mistakes the woman for Lane at first, but they're sort of standing there um, a little bit uh, ominously.
0: Yeah, and the shot's really good, where like the the wide shot where he mistakes her for Lane. I mistook her for Lane. I was like, oh, is that like the online Lane image? And then it zooms in, and you're like, oh, okay. But but interesting that the show is like trying to get us to have the same thought process or a similar experience to the characters on screen, right? Because, like, he has that thought, and I have that thought.
1: Yeah. They they do something like that sort of in episode two where they have this... You see this girl that looks like Lane in the club, and you're like, is that Lane? And then the girls at school are like, we saw someone at the club that looked like you.
0: Yeah, it's good. Like, the writers of this, pretty smart.
1: Yeah. So the AR guy sees these people, but because it's AR... You know, we're not completely sure if he's seeing them in real life or online. Seems like they're probably just online, but somehow they can kind of like induce him to
2: jump or fall or something in real life, right? Yeah, um, because it showed the mom at the apartment like she wasn't physically there on the street.
0: Oh, now it does seem like she's destroying evidence. Like the knights, they got fresh motherboards or something to go mess with this guy, and then when they were done with that, she torched the motherboard. Yeah.
2: So we got we got to get to this scene where they're asking Lane all those questions. Mm-hmm. So she's not real.
0: Something like that. So from a psychologist standpoint, she's being asked a bunch of distressing questions, trigger questions, right? Yeah. Which to us as the audience, sure, it's like a mystery is unraveling in front of us. But from her perspective, her world is crumbling in front of her. So like the fact that this other, this angry lane or this assertive, aggressive lane kind of takes over, is that like a real world thing? Like, do people go and sometimes snap in trauma moments and like, you know, something else takes over to, to uh, uh, kind of survive mentally.
2: Do you mean like a, like a DID thing?
0: I guess I don't have anything this extreme, but there are some times when like something someone says hits me in a certain way and I'm in a mode, you know, either my amygdala has been hijacked or I'm in like crisis management mode where I'm not caring about myself and I'm only caring about my surroundings, things like that. So I wonder if this is like, I I don't know. We have this idea of an online lane and an in-person lane, but I wonder if they could both be contained within her personality. It's just like wildly divergent sides of the personality. Sorry, I might be just talking in circles.
1: No, I I think that makes sense. I mean, like, you know, like you are saying, I think we're all sort of like that, right? When we experience different emotions, it really affects the way we process information and how we behave and whatever. And it's sort of normal to be able to Toggle. You you sort of interpret things and act one way when you're angry, and another way when you're sad, another way when you're happy. Yes. But then, like you were saying, Blixa, there are there is this idea of dissociative identity disorder, where maybe especially kids who have experienced extreme trauma, they might sort of develop this ability to dissociate into this sort of other personality to deal with that stress, right? And mm. and so maybe that's what we're seeing in lane when she kind of snaps into this like more angry assertive mode that's calling the dude an idiot but the way he interprets it is he's like oh you've somehow connected the internet lane into lane's body right now like wow you can do that even when you're not at a computer or or you know or maybe you know so so there's sort of like a metaphysical way that could be happening it's like the internet Lane is connecting, but but as I was saying it out loud, maybe too, it's like, well, maybe you don't just dissociate when you're at the computer, <laughs> but maybe sometimes you dissociate off of the computer too, or something like that, right? Yeah, totally. But but he's asking a lot of the questions that I think we as the audience have in this show, right? Is Lane's dad her actual dad? Is Lane's mom her actual mom? They behave very weird. Is her yeah. sister her sister, right? Which is kind of a new thing after episode five. And, you know, is the Lane of the Wired the same person as this Lane? So it's, uh, you know, it's kind of good. It's like in some ways it's like restating some of the big mysteries from previous episodes in the show, where I guess if you're just coming in around this point, you know, you'd still be as lost as we're all lost. But I guess you would know that everyone is supposed
2: to be lost, that these are sort of mysteries at this point still. Hmm. So given that it's 1998... I am willing to forgive if it's kind of a p- primitive portrayal of DID because if she did have these other personalities they would be fully fleshed out personalities those mm. those questions being asked wouldn't be blanks
3: but it's not 98 it's present day present time
2: oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> and it also felt like the way the guy was talking like she got activated like I don't know if this like cyber personality was just stepping in Or I don't know. I've got no fucking idea.
3: (laughs) Like, so you've been like kind of the most insightful of anyone, but I I don't want to ruin things. But like you've you've, you've said a lot of prescient things yourself this evening about where the series is going. So that's how I
2: do. Yeah. So I'll just leave it at that speculation. I really did think that she was going to fuck up those guards, though. I thought we were going to see some like scanners head exploding shit.
0: Yeah, I was hoping we would get another use of the weirding way, and she would just <laughs> the blow them way. apart with uh, her voice. My
3: observation of that part is, I thought it was cute that the the controller, or whatever the the executive member of that organization, whatever it may be, um, Yakuza, the government, Tachibana General Labs, um, <laughs> it, he uh, he 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 said their names don't matter and they don't have names. And then clearly identified the blonde one as Carl. I'm Carl, the one with beautiful hair. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So
0: we are at our time, but uh, uh, I kind of wanted to give a couple more minutes just for uh, a couple more thoughts. Can everybody stay on till maybe uh, 20 past?
2: No, I'm okay.
0: Okay, cool. Sorry, Blix, if you had something.
2: Yeah, I'm cool. still... The old guy who was kind of like the Sydney Gottlieb type person
0: from the uh layer six uh, uh Hodgson
2: yeah there's so much stuff that's happening and it's so bizarre like I'm really struggling to keep these threads straight sure so Lane was like on this cyber quest and she's looking for that dude right yeah or she,
1: she's investigating that tag game and what's going on and somehow that like rabbit hole leads her to that guy
2: Okay. And then this guy's doing like a deathbed confession. Yes. And it's about how they're using these kids. Well, someone on the internet is, right? He isn't. His thing ended 15 years ago. That's right. That's right. And then, but someone picked up where he left off.
3: And they strongly infer in, in the following episode that it's the Knights who are using that technology.
0: Oh, okay. So they've gotten a hold of this CIA paperclip kind of technology. Okay.
2: So we can presume that he was speaking in good faith.
3: I think so. He didn't have much to lose. He was dying, and he said, "I don't know if there is a god in the wired, but if there is, you're a child who's blessed." Lane.
2: That's fucking weird and heavy.
3: Well, both episodes kind of end the same way. If you think about it, in the first, one, Professor Hodgson says you have a lot of power, and then she finally goes with the Men in Black, and and their executive says you have a lot of power. You're the one who's dangerous. Mm-hmm.
0: And then somebody dies. Someone who's terminally connected to the internet dies at the end of each episode.
2: (gasps) Oh my god! There's so much fucking duality in this show.
1: This is good. Trying to think if we have like someone die in like every episode. (laughs) It's near it.
3: I, I never paid attention if it's every episode, but. I mean, because in layer five distortion, nobody particularly dies, do they?
2: Kind of think.
3: Just her sister gets trapped.
2: Yeah, like so. That's the question, though. Like, when a real person is replaced, are they dead?
3: Yeah, I think so. For all intents and purposes. But does anyone really die? Because Chisa didn't die in the first episode. She came back because the wired is connected to the other side. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I still never settled on whether I believe, I mean, at this point, it does Um, seem like something mystical is happening. Like, uh, uh, you know, this convergence of reality. So I'm more likely to say that, yes, it is Chisa Yamada who is emailing people in the first episode.
2: I I have a speculation. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I think lane is manufactured. Okay. I think it's just like these human vessels and like the man machine interface. It's, it's flipped. We have like cyber entities and they're they're coming into like flesh world or the physical mm. world or something. Yeah, I don't think she's real. I don't think her family's real. I think it's all just like props and like theater to like manage this digital so, so entity. So her sister something. seemed real until recently, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck was she doing she came into the room and she was like <laughs> ibbe, ibbe, ebbe, ebbe, you know what i mean like she's glitching out
0: she said um, 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 um so it was either um and she's trying to start a sentence or she's trying to get out something about their mom at least that was in the mm-hmm. the english i don't know how it comes across in the japanese
3: very much the same way they did a good job the, um, um the job in the re- regionalization
1: well, I, I was going to say, Blixa, going off what you're saying, right? So if, if Lane is a Jesus figure, right? And the divine is the internet. I think I know where you're going. And what would that like mean about Lane, I guess?
2: Oh hold on a second. Like this is getting into some like Gnostic kind of fucking shit. Uh, actually ah! the
3: Gnosticism is kind of like foreshadowed by the knights of the Eastern calculus and their their compass, you okay. know, and shit. There there is a lot of like, like I said, uh, you know, spirituality, there's a lot of Gnosticism.
2: All right. So instead of like a divine conception, we're talking about like a digital conception, and that that there's this digital entity that's going to incarnate in the human world.
0: Okay. I'm feeling it. And now is this the last episode you've seen, Blixa?
2: Yeah, the word I'm we're caught up now to where I was. And I was like finished folding the underwear. So <laughs> well yeah I would just say like you know just sort
1: of what the stuff you're saying about like her being manufactured or whatever. You know, maybe that lines
2: up a little bit with that idea of like well that's like the gnostic thing like a, an engineered messiah
3: i mean she doesn't have a family she doesn't know her family where did she come from i mentioned earlier that professor hodgson conducted the kids experiment 15 years ago and it's like how mm. old is lane yeah way into her inception know, into I her existence it's like sort of like
1: in evangelion how they were all like born at the same time as the second impact or what.
3: Um, and the,
0: uh, man, I never made that connection. Uh, and the, uh, the MK ultra stuff, right? Like some of it was like supposedly experiments on pregnant women. Right. And that's like the whole basis of, uh, stranger things, right. Is that the, the psychic girl is a, a, a product of the MK ultra experiments. Like her mom was given LSD just, or something. Just to be a little mm-hmm.
1: bit devil's advocate though. I mean, like the stuff that the guy asks her about, like when her parents got married and all that stuff, like. When we saw Lane's home life at the, in the early episodes, like, I mean, they did not talk about anything, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And he does have the one line he says, did you ever
0: even ask?
1: Well, yeah, and we did see that Lane try to engage with her mom, right? And get kind of like nothing in return, you know? So, I mean, maybe that's evidence that they aren't her real mom and dad or whatever, but maybe it's just like, I don't know, how broken her home is and how kind of caught up in their own stuff. Her parents are that like she has no connection to her own family. Yeah. She mm. probably doesn't know the same things about her
0: friends, but that also is not evidence for or against, right? It kind of teeter-totters either side. It's it's well-crafted.
2: Hmm. Okay. So I'm just, tr- I'm troubleshooting my own theory here. Like, so if she was engineered, it would be convenient sure. to place her in middle school because you could have the excuse, of like why no one would know her, like the the continuity problem. Oh, because she
0: just started a new school? Mm -hmm. Nobody knows each other from elementary school? Yeah.
2: So maybe this is my last question. Why would a secret organization want to engineer a Messiah in present day, present hour?
0: I don't know. Oh, also, that's an interesting thing because in most uh, biblical texts, right, isn't that where you lose Jesus's story? Somewhere around 12 or 13, stories kind of stop. And then it's like it kind of picks up when he's 30 and preaching, right?
1: It, that is one of the apocrypha is like the stories of Jesus as like a troubled teen.
3: Bringing his little buddy who he killed back from the grave. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's just like clubbing, getting his freeze on,
3: <laughs> going to Siberia.
2: Going to Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think the first question right is like, Alicia, if our listeners enjoyed Serial Experiments Lane, is there anything you could recommend as a follow up?
3: Oh, there's not really a follow up to Lane. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's the normal shit like Ergo Proxy and like fucking Elfinlade and, and stuff, but there's nothing like Lane. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, so no follow-ups except the, the, the Ergo Proxy, maybe.
3: Okay.
2: Ten. Ten.
0: Pals. What? What are, friends, are
1: friends What are friends for? for?